reading for those of you who are visiting this morning, uh, for uh, Titus rather, Titus 3.3. 3. We've been studying for a number of weeks on uh, insanity or sound minds, and we want to continue this this morning, uh, and uh, we've got one more besides this. We'll have this series completed, and uh, uh, if you want to turn to Titus 3.3, 3, then I need somebody to get for me Second Timothy 1.7, which is our key scripture that we've been working through using as a base of our, uh, our ministry. Somebody like to volunteer to get Second uh, Timothy 1.7 for me? Second Timothy 1.7. Okay, almost snowed last night. Everybody's completely blitzed out and having a hard time thinking this morning. Second Timothy 1.7. Then I need somebody to get for me Titus 3.3. 3. Going to read that in a loud, clear voice. Anybody like to do that? Okay, Alan, we'll do that. Uh, I want to, uh, a book that I've read since uh, we started this uh, is An Affair of the Mind, gives incredible uh, workings, detailed in uh, life's events and how our mental processes uh, operate, and uh, there's several copies of this in the uh, church office. I'm recommending every Bible study leader ought to read this book, An Affair of the Mind. There's several copies you can borrow. Uh, in the church office, and uh, and this has great uh, meaning uh, as the study that we're studying this morning. So we want to continue this morning on insanity or sound mind. And so the greatest uh, challenge that uh, we run into in pastoring churches is is to keep people uh, with healthy relationships. We keep a relationship from uh, disintegrating, uh, and so invariably uh, there will come conflicts. Jesus said, uh, "You can be sure that offenses will come." So there comes conflict, uh, conflicts, misunderstandings, there comes offenses, and these occur invariably. And many of these uh, are not intentional. They just uh, are a result of the, uh, the natural uh, outworking of human personality and the fallen nature. And society is filled with a breakdown of relationships, uh, the workplace, the neighborhood, the schools. And very sadly, this happens in churches. If this isn't reconcile. Uh, this uh, causes an isolation. Uh, if there's no resolution. Then hate begins to do its deadly work in the mind, and people become obsessed with hate. I want Second Timothy 1.7. This is our foundation scripture, and we want to work through this uh, this morning. Second Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, and of power, and of a sound mind. Then I want someone to read for me Titus 3.3, 3, because the subject this morning I want to deal with is the hateful mind. Titus 3, verse 3. Okay, here's the Apostle Paul. He's recounting uh, to the believers and saying, We ourselves, before we were saved, uh, we were filled with this, uh, filled with malice and, uh, and uh, hate and hating one another. We were hateful and hating one another. Now, I want to go back in the Bible a little bit and uh, begin to bring this out. I want uh, several scriptures. If I get Genesis chapter 4, uh, verses 5 through 8 is Brian. I want First John 3. 11 through 15. I want Genesis 27, 41, uh, Casey. I want 2 Samuel 13, 22, is Pete Baker. And uh, I want uh, Genesis 21, 9 and 10, Paul Heinberg. So 
There's a long history of this in the Bible. Uh, we want to take a look at this because we're dealing with the hateful mind. This is probably uh, the most common uh, problem of human society, and it branches out into many directions, and it will definitely destroy your well-being, and many times it will destroy your health. There's a long history of this. We find the first occurrence of this in the first family. Genesis 4, 5 through 8. Adam and Eve have conceived children. Uh, their names are Cain and Abel. And so we have this uh, sad history in Genesis chapter 4, 5 through 8. Okay, here we have the narrative. And in 1 John chapter 3, verses 11 through 15, the New Testament, we get a little deeper insight as that's analyzed uh, by the Apostle John. 1 John 3, 11 through 15. Right. This is the commandment we receive uh, from the beginning, not as Cain, who murdered his brother. Go ahead, Stephanie. Why did he kill him? Because his works were evil and his brothers were righteous. Don't be puzzled if the world hates you. The proof that we're born again is that we love one another. He that does not love his brother abides or lives in or his dwelling place is in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And we know that no murderer has eternal life uh, dwelling in him. Now here's an interesting uh, uh, analysis uh, as John is writing... He brings in this ancient narrative, brings it down, and lays, uh, lays the blame squarely uh, at, the, uh, at the hatred that Cain has had for uh, his brother Abel. So uh, this is a familiar story on through the Bible. I want to just get uh, two or three instances of this in Genesis 27, verse 41. So Esau hated Jacob... Because of the blessing which his father had blessed him. It won't be long until uh, we're going to plant uh, my dad, and uh, as soon as the days are morning, I'm going to kill him. Right? I'm going to kill my brother. The hateful mind. Okay? See, hate uh, is not a neutral emotion. Everybody that hates uh, say, "Well, uh, well, uh, yeah, I'm, but I, you know, I got this under control." You never have hate under control. Hate has you under control, and the outworkings of it are very plain. Here is Esau; he's plotting to murder his own brother. Genesis thirty-seven, four through eight. I didn't give that. You're sure, John? Okay. Genesis 37, 4 through 8. Who would get that? Casey? Uh, this is Joseph. He's the uh, youngest son. And when his brothers saw that his father uh, loved him, 
They hated him. Joseph was so excited, he had this dream, and he said, Guess what? I've had a dream. I'm going to rule over you all. <laughs> and they hated him yet the more. Yet guess what? God's going to do for me. Hated him even more, their hate. See, hate is never neutral. Hate is not passive. Hate simply is waiting for an occasion to add to its agenda. And uh, you know the story, they finally sold him into slavery, their own brother, in a, in a, uh, in a, in a uh, caravan that was headed into Egypt. They sold him out as a slave. Second Samuel 13, verse 22. Just because I pointed at you and didn't call your name doesn't mean you're not responsible. Okay, Pete is uh, on deck here this morning. Absalom would not even communicate uh, with his brother. Uh, Amnon, because Amnon had raped Absalom's sister, uh, Tamar. So here's hatred fully at work. Uh, we don't have time to spell out all that story, but finally called the downfall of Absalom. Genesis 21, 9 and 10. Okay, here's this little chapter with uh, Hagar and uh, Sarah. Uh, you know the story that uh, Hagar and Abraham, they and uh, their flesh, they're going to fulfill the promise of God. So uh, Abraham took Hagar as uh, uh, as his wife to produce children, because this was a custom in those days. If a woman was barren, uh, it was lawful for her to have a handmaiden and uh, bear children, and those uh, children would be her children. Uh, however... Uh, human personality being as it was, uh, uh, Hagar, of course, was, uh, was resented by Sarah, and especially as, as time went on, and especially then as Sarah bore uh, Isaac. Uh, so here's an occasion where uh, 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 Sarah sees Ishmael, and he's older, he's mocking. Uh, uh, he's mocking uh, Isaac, and perhaps he's taunting him with uh, ha-ha-ha. Uh, your mother couldn't uh, bear or whatever it was. And so she threw her out uh, and cast her out said, um, she's not going to live in my house. So let's, let's just get a little uh, feeling here now. What you're, what you're going to see back of hatred is a bit of jealousy and envy. You're going to see that all through these scriptures. That back of hatred is jealousy and envy. And uh, quite frequently, it's because uh, uh, of envying another uh, and jealousy of another because of the blessing of God that's upon them. Now, this is why uh, many uh, problems arise uh, in churches, is because of this very thing. It's jealousy and envy. If you ask people to admit it, they'd never admit it, but it's there. They, uh, they resent another who uh, gets saved, begins to rise up, happens all the time. You get a new convert, new convert uh, begins to live for God 100% like you used to live for God. Begins to soar, and uh, suddenly you got a crisis. Uh, they're the pastor's favorite. That's what the reason that they're 
Uh, the reason they're getting uh, expression is because the pastor's favorite, that's what they are. They are. And so hatred and bitterness, jealousy and envy begin to uh, work in congregations and, uh, and it starts to do its deadly uh, and its silent uh, work. So in the Bible we have Saul. Saul hated David, uh, not because David was bad, but because uh, David was blessed of God. He was 100% uh, full bore on for God. And, uh, and he began to find favor. Uh, Saul uh, began to be jealous of him, and he wanted to kill him. And, and so he said, I tell you what, he saw that David liked, uh, liked his uh, daughter, uh, Michael. And so he said, I tell you what, I'm going to give my daughter Michael to the first man that gets a hundred uh, foreskins, brings the, the proof in of the, of the Philistines, and they can have my daughter. He thought that David would get killed doing this. And so David is successful. Uh, he comes... Tremendous victory comes back, and so all of Israel is saying, uh, uh, Saul's great. He's really a great guy. He's slain uh, his thousands, but David his ten thousands. And the Bible said, when Saul heard that, he said, uh-oh, this boy is after my throne. Hatred began to work, and we see it worked out uh, in the Scripture. So we need Acts 9, 1 and 2. Somebody like to get that for me quickly. Uh, Todd, you want to get that for me? Acts chapter 9, uh, 1 and 2. And uh, we want to work on through uh, the, uh, this long history in the Bible. Acts chapter 9, 1 and 2. Loud, clear voice. Here's Saul. He's still breathing out threats and murder. Now, it's really hard for people to breathe out threats and murder when they're filled with love. Right? Okay, go ahead, Todd. This is against the disciples or the believers in Jesus Christ. He went to the high priest. He got letters against them uh, from the rulers. Go ahead. And the, this is the, from the synagogue of Damascus. Go ahead. If he found any disciples anywhere, he had authority and letters to bring them down to Jerusalem, and they're going to hurt them there. So here we have this long history, and uh, there's some biblical dynamics, uh, prejudices, and hatreds are rampant today. So uh, you pick up your newspaper, you're reading uh, played out on the world stage, uh, Ishmael and Isaac. Uh, still, this is at the root of the uh, destabilization of the Middle East today. It still is around the hatred and the bitterness uh, that is involving uh, uh, Isaac and Ishmael. And this is still working out uh, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the Middle East. As added to that is a, a deeper element which is religious uh, intolerance, uh, because the Jews uh, have, uh, have their uh, persuasion. Uh, they are rooted in the Bible, and uh, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the uh, Arabs are in, 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 uh, in um, Islam, and so you have a far deeper and, and irreconcilable problem that's working out in the Middle East, causing the problems right now that uh, is threatening to engulf the world 
uh, in a major conflict right as we sit in this building. Then not only this, we have uh, Kosovo. Uh, most people don't know what that's all about. This is the Croats and the Serbs. This is what it's all about, former uh, province of Yugoslavia. It didn't begin four or five years ago. It began a hundred years ago. Croats and the Serbs have hated each other. There's a lot of them uh, have immigrated to Australia. And, uh, and it's interesting because uh, when you get them in the same church, uh, and, uh, and they, they, suddenly there's the pressure uh, because they've despised each other for centuries, and it's bred in them. They, they hate these Croats. These Serbs hate these Croats. And so uh, for a hundred years, this hatred's working out, and that threatens to engulf the world. Uh, it's right at the place where two world wars have broken out, right in that area. And so uh, that's working at the moment. Uh, in our churches in Kenya, they have interesting uh, problems they have to deal with. as uh, two major tribes, the Leo and the Obo, and uh, both of these are in, uh, in uh, Kenya, some other tribes besides. And uh, this tribalism is very deep. It's very, uh, it's very profound, and the pastors uh, working through it have to work it through because you have many of, uh, of several different tribes in, in one congregation, and tribalism is very rampant in Africa uh, today, if you're reading the newspapers or where at all, you're reading about the uh, Hutus and the Tutsis. Anybody, anybody read How many of you read? Okay. So uh, we have this conflict that's going in Central Africa right now. Uh, it's the Tutsis and the Hutus. That's all you hear about. But what this really is is a uh, is a uh, Tutsi tribal war. Uh, it's being sponsored out of Uganda. Uh, by a man named Museveni, who's the ruler there. He has a very stable government right now. Uh, when, the last time I was in Uganda, uh, while I was there, I read in the paper that they were sending back 30,000 refugees uh, back into uh, Rwanda. And uh, I thought, well, that's, uh, I'm not, I don't know anything about that. And so I found out later these were not 30,000 refugees. These were 30,000 trained soldiers that he'd been training. He sent them back in a very short time after that. Uh, they shot down the uh, Tutsi uh, uh, president uh, of uh, Rwanda, engulfed in a, in a civil war, genocides working out, and uh, they have designs to take uh, 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 Uganda, uh, Rwanda, uh, Burundi, uh, and Zaire, uh, because uh, these tribes are very strong. The, uh, the, uh, uh, the Tutsi uh, tribes are very strong. And, uh, and their, their dream is to create a Tutsi empire, regardless of the national boundaries. That's what's working out right now, and this is what's causing, still happening. This is back of this uh, conflict in, uh, in uh, Zaire or the Republic of the Congo. They've, they've named it now. And Kabila, uh, Lawrence Kabila, uh, is at the present in the, in the driver's seat there. Uh, many of you uh, know the story of the Aka Indians in South America where the five missionaries were slain uh, on, the, on the river uh, beach. And so uh, what was involved there, uh, and, and as the missionaries went in and began to work with these people, is that these people, uh, rampant uh, tribalism and a payback system. This is also uh, very rampant in New Guinea, uh, that uh, if they lose a loved one, uh, they, in the, the Aki Indians, they cut off the joint of their finger and vow to revenge that death. It's a payback system. It operates by hatred and bitterness. And so, uh, uh, not being savages, of course, this, we have no connection with that, right? Okay. 
So, uh, let's uh, get a few scriptures because at the root of this, hatred is a factor that's working. Remember, hatred is not passive. Uh, we're dealing with the subject of revenge. I want several scriptures. On my far left, Leviticus 19.18 is uh, Eleanor. I want James 5.9. Uh, Jacob, I want Romans 12.19-21 is Adam and Hebrews 10.30. Uh uh, Daniel. Okay. Revenge is at the root of hatred. We're talking this morning about the hateful mind. And so this is against God. Uh, this is, uh, uh, we, I think we brought out last uh, week in one of our uh, subjects that uh, the uh, byword of this generation is don't get mad, get even. You see bumper stickers. Don't get mad, get even. And so uh, this is against God, and uh, we want to uh, uh, we want to work that out just uh, for a moment. Okay, hold that for a moment because I, I skipped over my uh, my uh, uh, one one thought I had uh, to show us that hate's not passive. So right in this section, I want Ephesians four twenty six and twenty seven. Help me quickly, uh, Don Galati. I want Second uh, Timothy uh, uh, three one through five is uh, Noel and. Um, I want Matthew 18:35. Is uh, who's in the back? Is it de- uh, women, deacons? And so uh, uh, hate is not passive. Ephesians 4:26 and 27 is a uh, phenomenal scripture, tremendous insight into human disorders and personalities. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let your uh, the sun go uh, down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Now, that's a phenomenal scripture. And uh, says, uh, do not let the, uh, be angry and sin not. Now, he doesn't say uh, that uh, it's impossible for you to get mad when you're a Christian. He doesn't say that. I wouldn't give you a nickel for someone who wasn't, you weren't capable of making mad. They're, they're, uh, they're robots. No emotion. No drive. No enthusiasm. Uh, but he says, uh, I know this is going to happen, but when this happens, don't sin. Don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. Don't keep this boiling and churning within. You need to take care of this. And so, uh, what is a, a little cliche about marriages today? He said, uh, uh, never go to bed mad. Stay up and fight. <laughs> well, that's not what this scripture means. The scripture means get the thing settled. Uh, don't go to bed. Don't let a day pass. Uh, uh, the go ahead, Don. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, he read it all. And so, neither give place to the devil. Now, this is a very, very interesting uh, uh, scripture because uh, this word place uh, uh, actually means a beachhead. It means a landing place, uh, and it and it gives you the imagery of a military force that's landing on a continent. Uh, and as it lands on a continent, it first establishes a beachhead. Uh, some of you are familiar with World War II, and uh, perhaps the uh, just recently publicized the landings in Normandy on the coast of France, and uh, that uh, before we could invade and be successful in, uh, in overthrowing Germany and the power of Hitler, we had to establish a beachhead. Uh, that was done on the beaches of Normandy, and from that, extend that beachhead out so that we can unload equipment and unload the, the uh, weapons of war 
and gone in to invade and to, uh, and to destroy Hitler. And so this is the picture. It says, neither give place to the devil. If you allow anger to continue to dwell within you, what you do is you furnish a beachhead that the devil lands in your personality, and he doesn't stop right there. See, no beachhead is established. He said, oh, great, we've got 100 yards here, and uh, we're victorious. That's not, what the, that's not what a beachhead's for. A beachhead is for uh, unloading equipment to completely bring into uh, and uh, continue the conquest of the entire territory. So this word place is a territorial word. And when you allow hatred and bitterness uh, to reside within your personality, you furnish a beachhead for the devil, and from that he has lots of other interesting things that he wants to do as we'll continue on in a minute. So these are the directions, and uh, remember, hate is not passive. Second Timothy 3, 1 through 5. In the last days, perilous times will come. Unloving, unforgiving. All right, this is a prophecy concerning the last days, and he's describing the society. Uh, but remember, he says, having a form of godliness, he's not writing to folks down the palace bar. He's writing to folks that are in church. Because in the last days... These things are going to be at work in churches who are professing uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I want to uh, read you uh, from 26 translations, the third verse, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers. Uh, uh, several translations, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips. Another translator says, without natural affection, accepting no truce, given to intrigue. Another translation says, lacking in love for kinsmen, irreconcilable, slanders. Another translation says, hard-hearted, unforgiving, slanders. Another translation says, inhuman, implacable, slanders. Another translation says, without love, never forgiving an enemy, slandering. Another translation says, callous, resentless, uh, relentless rather, scurrilous, and another implacable in their hatreds, uh, scandalmongers. Now, uh, we're fastening particularly upon the uh, subject of hate, and as we fasten upon that, there's some very interesting uh, translations of that word, uh, accepting no truth, implacable. You cannot, you cannot uh, make peace. There's no way. You can try all you want to. You can, uh, you can apologize. Uh, you can humble yourself. You haven't solved the problem because they'll find something else wrong. Still with me? Right. This is describing uh, these in the last days. Uh, Williams' translation says, Now you must know that in the last days there are going to be hard times. For people be selfish, avaricious, boastful, haughty, abusive, uh, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, irreverent, lacking in love for kinsmen, irreconcilable, slanders, having no self-control, savage, lacking in love for the good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, loving pleasure more than God, keeping up the forms of religion, but not giving expression to its power, avoid such people. So much for the great theme of, of unity. Okay? So, uh, the, here, here is, the, is the translation. And in Matthew 18.35, the Lord Jesus gives us a little added insight in this little story he tells about two debtors. Matthew 18.35. 
So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also to you, if you do not from your heart forgive everyone your brother their trespass. Do what? That's the question. Do what the parable tells. In Bible days, when people had debts, and these debts were not paid, they threw them into prison, and they were tormented. They punished them. Prison wasn't a wasn't a, uh, a country club with a television and exercise yard so you could uh, bulk up your muscles when you got out. Prison was a place you... deliberately tormented, and because of the awful uh, conditions that were there, uh, their, their relatives or anybody had any concern for them would, would try to get the money to pay off their debts. They didn't declare bankruptcy and then move to another state and start a new business. They would deliver them to the tormentors, and Jesus now takes off of that gives us a very interesting insight. He said, So shall my heavenly Father do to you, if you do not from your heart forgive your brother their trespasses. Do what? Deliver you to the tormentors. What does that mean? It means that you're open to demonic assault and you no longer have the protection of God's blessing upon you, but you are, uh, you are vulnerable to demonic forces that will begin to take advantage of you in your uh, disobedient, and rebellious state, they'll a lot work in your body. It'll begin to work in your mind. Remember, our text this morning is the hateful mind. It begins to work through your emotions, and it has a spiritual expression and has profound and deep ramifications uh, uh, in, in in your personality. Okay. So, uh, 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 I gave uh, these scriptures, but I didn't have them read, did I? Uh, Leviticus 19.18. So we're, we're talking about revenge and vengeance. And uh, let's stop right there just for a minute. Well, we keep those scriptures that I got. I wonder if we have any question or any uh, input. I always enjoy this from a congregation. Anybody's living out this uh, drama right now as we're sitting here? Uh, Casey? Yeah, they're, they're different in, in some senses in that uh, the, the hate is, uh, is uh, more or less the active outworking of it, and bitterness is, is, uh, is what stops in your gallbladder. That's why it's called the gall of bitterness. Very interesting. When I was in Santa Monica, I prayed for a woman, and uh, I've learned through long experience. Uh, they said, well, I've got a gallbladder problem. This was a, a Hispanic woman. I'm having to talk to an interpreter, and so I'm asking, well, does anybody hurt you and cause you uh, real uh, emotional upheaval and, uh, and uh, bitterness? And uh, no, not a soul. And so uh, it's difficult to work through an interpreter. So I, I uh, can see that I'm not getting anywhere there. So I said, well, just pray the prayer anyway. And so uh, she prayed the prayer, instantly healed. The moment she said, I cast out bitterness, she's gloriously and instantly healed. Now, of course, your bitterness and your gallbladder problem are related to that. I understand that. But there are some that are. Pete? Exploits your base human nature through your envy and jealousy and exploits that and causes this to work out. Absolutely. 
and 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 so but but uh, many times people don't recognize that instantly yeah they're not and not willing to admit that they, uh, and his wife is got a word oh you didn't raise your hand okay I thought maybe we had a rebuttal here And so she uh, she realized that. I was in England. I'll, I'll get some more questions in just a moment. I was in England, and uh, years ago, uh, doing a tent crusade, when um, when this uh, I began to realize this, uh, that there was a uh, woman I was praying for that had gallbladder problems. And uh, so I, a lot of times I'm, I'm asking, what does the doctor say? And she gave me the astonishing statement that my doctor says that this is probably linked to some kind of emotional trauma that I'm going through over resentment. And so that keyed me, because I'm very alert uh, when these things, I'm very interested in this. And when I heard that, I, uh, that began to confirm that. And so I've prayed for scores of people, the same thing individually, and seen that heal. Karen? All right, this is a classic statement out of Reader's Digest said, resentment is like poison, taking poison yourself and waiting for the other person to die. That's a classic, and that's a, and so we discover this over and over again. Mark? Yeah, see, and so we're not talking about uh, you uh, being wronged and, uh, and you're mistaken about that. We're talking about people that are legitimately wronged. They have a reason to be bitter. They have a reason uh, uh, for that. And so uh, without uh, uh, going into a long tale, you, uh, you no doubt had a reason for that. I pray for a lot of women. Generally, it's uh, against their husband. I didn't ask if it was his husband. I'm not, but it, and so, uh, uh, and so uh, it's generally against their husband, and, and, it's, and it's legitimate. If I was married to the slug, I'd be bitter also. But you see, the, the difficulty is, is that, uh, as Karen has said in the Reader's Digest article last month, is that uh, the person who is the, uh, the uh, perpetrator is not the one that's hurt. The one that's hurt is the person who uh, will not get rid of this and will not take uh, steps to reconcile this. Okay, I had a bunch of hands over here. Let's go back over here. It's in the back. It's Rob. Okay, let, let's stop right there just for a moment because I've got this in my notes. We don't want to pass it. Uh, it's not passive. This is not passive. This is active. And so he's brought out Hebrews 12, uh, 14 and 15, which we don't have to get to. And it's root. Well, if any of you have uh, done any farming, any of you have done any gardening, you understand that there's certain things that can begin to grow and uh, just simply cutting the top off doesn't do the job. You've got to get the root because it'll grow back again. And so uh, this root will produce that fruit and it will come back and even get larger than it was before. Go ahead, Rod. Shape, shape the whole personality and begin to affect every, the area where they are. affects their minds, it blinds them to reality. And Hebrews 12, I believe it's 14 and 15, lest any uh, 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 root of bitterness spring up 
trouble you and many uh, thereby be defiled. I had another hand back over here. Is it Mike? Mike injured himself at the aluminum factory, went to be examined, and he was hurting big time, went to be examined by the nurse, and his wife picked him up. Go ahead. Okay, so he's talking, he's mixing in there, he didn't keep it clear, talking about Larry's injury in the Philippines in the Jeep wreck and his injury at a factory. So that was all mixed in there. And uh, need a little translation. I didn't tell Larry because you got in the Jeep wreck, you've been fighting with somebody. Okay. <laughs> Don't go out and say that. If you if you fall and break your leg today, you're fighting with somebody. That's that's what's happened to you. That's not what I said. What I said was the devil exploit those injuries, and uh, and he will often bring in hatred and bitterness and uh, and cause those uh, to not be healed. Or if they finally heal up in the natural process, uh, something will set in, which is known as arthritis. The doctor will tell you. And and I prayed for hundreds of people. And it's actually hatred and bitterness that's set up in that. One of the easiest miracles to get is call people who've had broken bones. If you're doing a revival or a crusade, you run out of anything to pray for. It's call for people who've had broken bones. It's healed, but you still have pain in it. And that's exactly what the root of it is. Okay, we, we're, we're, we, I want to get these scriptures before we pass. Leviticus 19, verse 18. Uh, who did I give that to? You shall not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of your people. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. He put that there so that you can say Pastor Mitchell saying that. I am the Lord. He said that. Okay? And so, uh, how many of you have trouble loving yourself? Not a single soul. Okay. So you will forgive yourself, and you need to forgive your neighbor. James 5, 9. Do not grumble once against another, and uh, the same instructions. Romans 12, 19 to 21. And, uh, uh, Hebrews 10, 30. Vengeance is mine. I repeat, says the Lord. I got a little article I used in a, in a crusade sermon. Uh, this came out of the ladies' magazine. If you want some good theology, why scan your wife's ladies' magazine. Great theology here. Okay? But nursing even a legitimate grievance can be as risky for your health as smoking or overeating. The kind of chronic anger you hold inside increases the rates of cancer and heart disease, explains Duke University researcher Redford Williams, M.D., co-author of a book called Anger Kills. And unfortunately, he says, women are at a greater risk of uh, these and other health consequences since they tend to hold their anger in and let it fester, says Dr. Williams. Indeed, the University of Tennessee study of women's anger found that women who, uh, who obsessed about a slight were more apt to suffer depression, headaches, and other health problems. By forgiving, you short-circuit anger's poisonous power over your health. Here's why it's important. Uh, to let go of hostility, dropping down a little bit. says, uh, according to the multiple risk factor intervention trial and other studies, hostility appears to at least double your chances of developing coronary disease. Moreover, other research has found that chronically angry people are much more likely to die early. How many of you want to die early? Everybody, 
Les does. Okay, you come up. I'll pray for you. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die to go there. It says, forgiving others for a major offense may be hard, says Dr. William, but the key is to remind yourself that you're not doing it for them, but for your own well-being. That's a, that's a, uh, a phenomenal statement to come out of a woman's magazine. So, much of the Bible has to do with forgiveness. I want to, uh, over my far right, Colossians 3, 12 through 14. Somebody like to help me? Colossians 3, 12 through 14. Everybody's asleep on the right side. Uh, you want to get that, Mr. Alt? Colossians 3, 12 through 14. Uh, Mike, will you get for me 2 Corinthians 2, 7? I need uh, Mark eleven twenty six. It's uh, David. I need Luke 17, 3 and 4. Uh, Robert's wife. I can't remember your name right now. Uh, Luke 6.37. Luke 6.37. Somebody else. Uh, it's it's uh, Peter Mitchell. Uh, let's get these scriptures and uh, then we'll open it back up. Colossians 3, 12 through 14. You are beloved of God. Put on tenderness, mercies, meekness, humbleness. Bearing with one another. What does it mean to bear with one another? Putting up with one another, okay? And forgiving one another. If any of you has a complaint against another, as Christ forgave you, you also must do. But above all things, put on love. This is the bond of uh, perfection or perfectness or maturity is what the is the real word uh, that should be there. Second Corinthians two seven. Contrarywise, you ought to forgive him, lest he be uh, overcome with much sorrow. This is someone under discipline. Matthew six fourteen. Matthew 6.14. Anybody. Matthew 6.14. For if you give them that trespass against you, your heavenly Father will forgive those, uh, will forgive you. Mark 11.26. And Luke 17, 3 and 4. We're in a terrible state this morning, aren't we? Luke 17, 3 and 4. Okay, it's better that you uh, were drowned in the midst of the sea with a millstone around your neck than uh, that you offend one of these little believers and therefore forgive uh, your brothers. Luke 6.37. Okay, I, have, I was praying for a man in, uh, in El Dorado Park as I was doing a tent crusade there just in September. He'd been shot in the hip. Uh, he'd lost the use of his uh, leg fully. He had severe pain uh, right there. 
and I prayed for this man. He was not healed. And so I said to this man, if I ask you who, uh, he was just a new convert that came that night. I said, if I ask you who had really hurt you, uh, who'd come to your mind instantly, the man began to weep, tears running down his eyes, and he said, my wife. And I said, are you willing to forgive her tonight? I didn't ask the conditions or what the circumstances was. He said, yes, and nodded he would. Prayed for him. He was instantly healed. All the pain left, and he had the complete use of his leg in a moment of time. So I, I don't deny that the bullet had wounded him and caused damage. I know that that had happened. But what I'm saying is that his unforgiveness was restricting God's power and grace from bringing deliverance. And besides that, the devil will exploit any injury and any accident. All right, we've got about time for about two questions uh, before we, we finish. Uh, it's Bear Montgomery. All right, Bear worked at a job as a mailman. He had a boss that didn't like him. He was out to get him, like all bosses are, okay? All right, he's being unfairly treated, and so this resentment's building up. convert praying God the best he knew how, okay? Okay. Classic illustration as uh, in the morning paper and the and the uh, uh, columnist uh, the